Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. All right, everybody. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. Chuck, coming live from the world headquarters of the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, the next edition of the paper, uh, just about to be hot off the presses, putting the, the final touches on it, right? Yes, we are. It's going to be a great issue. Our We're hoping to have here momentarily, as soon as we get him, James Herson. He's a, a culture law business um, analyst. Um, and then also want to talk about Tucker Carlson had just a great uh, video. Um, and it's a free, it's, it, it's one of his ones that's free. Um, and it's on Twitter about Nikki Haley, sort of revealing Chuck, the real Nikki Haley, don't you think? Well, yeah, to the extent somebody doesn't know who the real Nikki Haley is. And it's not easy, you know, because there's so few news sources conservatives can go to them and fox news has become a joke dicky their website which is just a little more than clickbait yep so we'll talk about that but right now we've got james herson with us he's a an an analyst on culture law business um he's public he's been all over the place but he had initially uh james we're going to talk to you about you know the lopsided humor on late night um tv but then i saw your latest column is about like a major hero of mine captain kirk and paramount plus is apparently canceling captain kirk or trying to is that right well, yes. I mean, and you mentioned it, uh, Captain Kirk. I mean, we're talking about William Shatner. Right. Because he is the personification of the original Star Trek series. And, and lots of people are closet Trekkies, you know. Um, but just to, for me, I wrote this article. I didn't put this in. But many years ago, uh, when William Shatner, after the series, the original series was canceled, he decided um, to record uh, as kind of a, he wasn't singing, but what he was doing is reading uh, sections from poetry and sci-fi, and he released an album. Well, I played um, synthesizers and keyboard on that album, and I met him. This is when, you know, he was just starting T.J. Hooker, which, wow. I, you know, he was, uh. you know, it was a young Shatner. And my impression, and I, I had a friend who brought me into the project, you know, uh, it was just a, a joy to, to work with him. And he's just mm. so hilarious. And uh, but this subject of Paramount came up. Um, Bill Shatner has a Twitter X account. And on that account, he jousts with his fans. And and his, his this is a guy, he's 92 years right. old. Yeah. And apparently, I, I don't know what he's, his nutrition or his lifestyle, but maybe he ought to share that with Joe yeah. Biden. Because his <laughs> mind is sharp as can be as he jousts with these fans. But one of the fans wanted to... He said, you know, hey, uh, 
did you hear that there's a movie in the works with uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, who did, I believe, the first Star Trek series reboot, I don't know what you call it, it's a sequel. Yeah. And, and he wanted to see what Shatner thought about it. And he said, oh, no, he was he's happy that uh, they're doing that. And then another fan said to him, well, do you think there's a chance Captain Kirk will come back? And of course, there's been a lot of different uh, iterations of Captain Kirk, but like we, it, it, you know, Shatner's the one, and he's still sharp and he's still working, and you could make him like they did. They've done seven Star Trek films, right? And uh, Shatner was in all of them, and he, and of course, he's an admiral or something. He's a much, uh, he's a higher rank. He's not Captain Kirk. He's General Kirk, whatever he is. Admiral, yeah. Um, uh-huh. But but what he said. Um, is that, you know, they'll never do it. And then he posted some promo from Paramount Plus because they're showing a big part of the Star Trek catalog. And there were images of the uh, characters that were on Star Trek going back to the original series. And you're looking for Shatner and it's not there. And then... (laughs) And then, you know, they were going back and forth. He put up another, and these are, uh, this is artwork that it's either right. drawn by an artist or AI or whatever. And it had um, Leonard Nimoy's image, the late Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock. And it had uh, virtually every major person you would think of in Shatner's missing. And, it's very clear. It's a it's an intentional diss of not just William Shatner, but the character of Captain Kirk. And you got to believe. I mean, Paramount. I used to work at Paramount many years ago. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was. This is before the woke mind virus infected Hollywood. But I still work with people at the various major studios and they're all, you know, I mean, obviously the biggest studio is Disney and we know what's happened to Disney. So it just makes sense that Captain Kirk, this masculine, macho, heroic figure that wields a weapon that, uh, you know, and every once in a while he stops James Bond style to kiss, some beautiful <laughs> alien that looks like a human. Uh, <laughs> his entire and the whole premise of Star Trek doesn't fit with with woke Hollywood. And this is what they do. They try to redact part of our tradition, part of our culture. And and it just made me go back and look at there's very few people like this. I mean, you, you can say like Clint Eastwood definitely is like that. Um, someone whose body of work uh, goes back so many years and affects so many different types of media. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, for Shatner, you know, the Star Trek series uh, was, had the biggest impact culturally and even financially. But you think back, uh, Shatner was on the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone in the most memorable episodes. And, and then I, and then in television, um, besides T.J. Hooker, where he 
co-starred with Heather Lockler, who he's still friends with. Huh. He's a very amiable man. Um, interestingly, okay, so Shatner won two Emmys for playing that Denny McLean character on The Practice and the spinoff Boston Legal. Yep. And that character also was so unique and memorable. Um, and then what I found really neat, I put it in the article, that the old biography channel, cable channel, Shatner had a program called Shatner's Raw Nerve. And it was an interview program. He interviewed a ton of people. Uh, I think he just had, a in, the, in those days, he had a database of people that he knew, and he brought them all on from all walks of life. But they were, you know, it was a celebrity. It was like a Larry King-type show. Yeah. Except Shatner is, you'd have to describe him as edgy. He's, a, he's very original. <laughs> and who does he have on the show uh, but Rush Limbaugh? Oh. Um, are you know are uh, for so many people still the quintessential talk show host um and when asked who his all-time favorite guest was it was rush and huh. also i remember rush talking on his program about going to shatner's famous monday night football parties and that shatner invited him and so and he talks about those Monday night football parties all the time. You, you know, most of these celebrities have been invited. But I just think uh, it's, he's just a very interesting guy. And he reacted in code, you know, on Twitter. He said the same thing. He said that these executives at Paramount uh, are insecure people and they just are, he used this word, he said they're threatened by yes. Captain Kirk. And that's just a typical of this woke mind virus. And that's, it's all part of the same thing that, well, we're you were, you were, that we saw in the Iowa caucuses, that people are rebelling against this stuff. Right. And so I, that's, and so they, I don't want to see that, um, legacy go away um but it's interesting you know we, we talked and i think I, we talked on your show about this but so many programs so many both comedy drama when you look at television the golden age of television they could not be made today right oh, they no. don't conform to the new woke rule book they do right. not and it well, well, you look at the FAA well, new rules that came out that said that said, you know, you have to hire severe people with severe intellectual disabilities and psychiatric problems. Can you see that on the Starfleet? Right. They have the, they have to have a whole crew with severe intellectual disabilities and psychiatric problems more than Spock even. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Well, a, a couple no, of things. One, one, one thing is that I'm I'm glad that uh, cognitive uh, acuity um shown through Shatner does not require a good diet. Um, and so it, it'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Um, and, so he does look like he enjoys his cuisine. Yes. 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 And, and secondly, you noted your time at Paramount and so forth. My small relation to Hollywood uh, comes in handy here because my uncle who has the same name I do, Charles Bonio was director 
of those shows with William Shatner on Twilight Zone. So there you go. Wow. Oh, you guys wow. are probably related. That is, <laughs> that is so, yeah. I mean, they will, isn't it interesting that Twilight Zone in black and white, you know, made, what is it? I think the programs you're talking about probably in the early 60s. Yes. Uh -huh. um, and they have these marathons on various channels. It used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel and that. There's this huge fan base. And what was it? They didn't have special effects. They no. didn't have um, the kind of, uh, you know, approach to, to programming they have today. But they had Rat Serling. They had this brilliant writer. And, they, and basically what they told were morality plays. They're fables. There's a, there's a message in each episode. And that's the way it really Star Trek was. Right. Star oh, Trek was a bunch of sci-fi fables. And then it and then at the end, Shatner would uh you know, like he started with, you know, space. Right, this final frontier. And, all mm -hmm. that. and at the end he would have a little soliloquy. Right. The interesting thing is I quoted at the end of this because this is actually the, why would the Paramount be threatened by Captain Kirk, threatened by a masculine man that has virtue, which Captain Kirk did. And I quoted this, uh, you know, what is a man but that lofty spirit, that sense of enterprise, that devotion for something that cannot be sensed, that cannot be realized, but only dreams, the highest reality. You know, who writes like that today? <laughs> Well, you think they would, they would they would replace him with a with a tranny dwarf or something just to <laughs> yeah. bring this yeah. yeah. Well, just not have yeah. Well, and that's you know the thing, and you. you know, the one thing about Twilight Zone was it was terrifying. I mean, it was it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um, <laughs> it really was a kind of. But a you know, I remember feeling. as a kid we watched Star Trek. I mean, the, literally, I would have been like eight years old when it first came out, and it was my dad's favorite show. So we all watched it. And I, and I grew up. I mean, Star Trek. Star Trek has probably had a uh, an exaggerated impact on my life. I'm one of those. I don't go to the conventions, but I'm one of those Trekkie people. And what's ridiculous is Paramount Plus thinks that by not showing William Shatner as Captain Kirk, that they can redact him and cancel him. I mean, he may. I would believe he made the series. Yes, there've been other things, but I mean, it was him and his, the way he played the character. And like you said, the whole writing and the theory behind it, and the fact that they're trying to cancel everything that made it so popular while they're still trying to make new movies, it just shows how ridiculous the whole woke thing is, don't you think? Oh, it is. It, he, he's the personification of the original series. And I would argue He's the personification of the entire franchise. Yeah. He did the seven films. He did the animation voices. And he's just, you know, he's probably sick of it, but <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing. But also he brought to Star Trek, to every role, the, the unique um, speaking ability. He's one of the most uh, impressionist, uh, the most imitated actors Ever, every impressionist tries to do William Shatner, and he had that unique, halting style. You know? Right. <laughs> well, well, nobody, did, nobody like him. Well, he's always close to parody. 
I mean, even as his character, it's close to parody with the swagger and the, but it's so much fun. He's such a fun character that you forgive him for all the sort of <laughs> ridiculous persona. Um, but it's, it's so much fun. But it's well, like Chuck, it goes to Chuck and um, James. We're talking with James Herson here about that. They're trying to cancel Captain Kirk, for God's sakes, which won't work, as he noted. But it's one of the things, you know, Chuck has been kind of obsessed with what's going on at Woke Disney. And Chuck, as you've noted, what Disney is trying to destroy all of the things like with the characters and, and some of its more adventure movies, all the things that people liked about it. And they're now they're trying to destroy that. And then they're surprised when people don't go to the new movies. Of course, and and it's it's working in the sense that because the woke mind virus has taken over the management class, but and they're afraid of their own employees. I don't know how you have a company like that, but they've laid off I think seven or eight thousand employees yeah. and and raised Bob Iger's pay, um, yes. and their stock is like. Fallen down, it's it's at levels it, it hasn't been for many decades, and so there's a actual um, takeover fight going on at right. Disney because the uh, there are people who are big shareholders that don't like the way the company's <laughs> being run, and I don't blame them at all. No, um, but it's a, but it's unfortunate that, but it's a it's a perfect example of how this. Um, this wokeness, this, I don't know what neo-leftism, whatever you want to call it, all it does is destroy. It doesn't create, it destroys. And you've seen so many institutions taken apart by this philosophy. Um, and that's why, you know, it's there, there's a powerful resistance against it worldwide, you know, because we right. see Malay and Argentina a new uh, leader in, in the Netherlands. Gert um, Fielders. Uh, yes. And uh, we see um, just, and we see what's happening with uh, Donald Trump in the United States. And I just think that that's what has to be done. The, the people of the world, we see the farmers of Germany, right. farmers of the Netherlands. Uh, and we had in Spain, there were hundreds of thousands right. of people in the streets. I mean, it's, you know, and Davos is meeting right now. So I, I, we know that this stuff is coming from uh, outside of our country being sort of foisted on us. And, and unfortunately, uh, the business world is a big part of it. Yes. And that and that's. uh you know, I, I, that's a, a systemic problem that has to be overcome. But I think I, I'm feeling um, that, it, you know, it, it's going to take a while, but I think it's going to happen because it's the same reason that um, tyrannies don't last because people naturally yearn for freedom. And I think uh, th this stuff about um us, you know, basically going back to uh, living a primitive life and eating bugs. And I, I just think most people, yeah, I mean, the ones that know about it. Well, you know, when you look. But they want even, to force it. Even, even going back and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but 
you know, to, to entertainment back in like the, the middle ages, right. Where you would have Kings and Queens that would cut off people's heads. But in the meantime, like you did still have sort of like the punch and Judy, the play, the little, the little puppets, right. That they played with that inevitably made fun of the ruling class. So I think, you know, that's been around for a long time. And, and I'm hopeful we have a almost 13 year old son and he, he has very little interest in the movies because they're all stupid, but he, he loves South park. He and his <laughs> friends know all the South, park characters right so so their attempt to indoctrinate the the youth at least at least in our in our side of the family or not our side but in our family isn't working do you see that too oh i think there's a lot of families where it isn't working and i think there's where there's some decent original writing and look uh, matt stone uh trey parker are, are so talented and i mean some of their stuff is it gets a, you know it goes over the edge a little bit um but they've they've written some of the funniest things they as a matter of fact they don't have a rule book there is a uh is that actually they did a comedy years ago that i it skewered hollywood called team america and it was the cast was all puppets and it's still, um, and I think you could find it on the web. It, it it is hilarious. Your face hurts when you watch it, and it's <laughs> making fun uh, politically. Uh, those guys tend to lean libertarian, so yeah, right. they they have those sensibilities. But that's fine. I mean, that's refreshing compared to the garbage that is being spewed out of out of Hollywood. And well, and really, the original Star Trek series. Uh, Gene Roddenberry was no, you know, conservative. He he wanted to communicate civil rights issues, yeah. uh, uh, you know, but he got he did communicate important American values. Yes. In that series. And and in those days, in, in the 19 early 1960s, people that were called themselves Democrats and liberals were actually there were a lot of people that actually had knowledge and integrity. You know, there were people that were seeking peace. They hated the Vietnam War, things like that. Uh, not like today, where we have um, people who call themselves Democrat and liberal, and they're seated in an anchor chair on MSNBC, and they <laughs> just blatantly lie and lately parrot whatever narrative is the latest narrative and they and they'll switch on a dime right and it's just it's embarrassing it is i I hate to i hate to uh tell you that uh, tyrannies do last (laughs) (laughs) the exception is the people revolting and overthrowing the tyrannies like chichescu or some of the other ones but tyrannies last a long long time which is while 90% 90% of the world is ruled by tyrannies. <laughs> um, but, well, but at least if they try to cancel Captain Kirk, they may get some. Yeah, they may get a full <laughs> populist <laughs> peasant um, revolt. Well, and, and it, it, do you see it? I mean, it, to me, it seems like they've got to be struggling in Hollywood because they realize that what they're putting out, people don't like. Um, and so, sooner or later, I got to wonder if money's going to start to matter to them or are they are, are they dealing with this elite class where they don't really 
as long as they're putting out their message and they're controlling their narrative, they don't really care that much if they're losing money or that anyone's not even watching their movies because all the critics talk about it. Well, that's the same as other parts of the business world. You know, I mean, MSNBC doesn't make any money. Yeah. CNN has no ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, you know, like these award shows, uh, nobody watches because they're giving awards to shows that uh, have no uh, excellence at all. They're just following uh, the narrative. And, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there is a struggle that you do wonder at some point whether a company like Disney's is a good example. Now they're engaged in this shareholder battle yeah. with big money involved where people want to get a seat on the board and want to fire Bob Iger, bring in new management. And they know that they're going to have to lay off. It's not just layoffs to save money. It's layoff the way Elon Musk did at Twitter, right. where he laid off Huge. 80% of people. Part yeah. of the reason he did that is because his company was infected, if you yeah. will, with a, a bunch of sort of mind, mindless robotic creatures um, that didn't work, by the way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hollywood, there's a lot of people in Hollywood who are serious artists. Uh, artists and especially the writers and they would they want freedom you know you can't you have a blank page and you try to write something and you have to start out with all the things you cannot write about (laughs) yeah that's not a good creative you know you it's very easy to have writers block that way right when you'd be disney was captured from within i mean i read this wonderful guy by next ex-Disney executive, he said it started out uh, in Disneyland, not Disney World, but Disneyland. In Southern California, there's a lot of gays, and uh, all of a sudden, they became dominant in in all of the uh, lower positions of in Disneyland. All the actors, all the princesses, all, the, all those thousands of people they employ soon became overwhelmingly gay. And then they started rising up the ranks. And then by the time Bob Iger got there to push it along, at, at least in the California division, and not so much in the Florida division, but Florida, but the, you know, it, it had a workforce that was 70% gay. Um, and so they really couldn't, uh, unless they want to do a 70% or 80% firing job. Um, it had taken over uh, Disney Disneyland. Yeah, no, that's, a, um, I guess, a little-known secret from Orange County, California. But it's uh, it's not just the theme parks. You know, they have their big animation studios in Burbank. Right. They have, mm-hmm. There's a lot of employees, and it, and it wasn't just gays. It was certainly there was a lot of the, you know, LGBTQI, all that. Right. But. It was also just um, people that that embraced the entire um, neo-left-wing narrative, which which is totally different from liberals of the past. You know, in other words, the, as you can see, there's there's no anti-war movement. There's, no, <laughs> but there's an anti-war in Gaza movement. Right, yes, or anti-free yeah. like, speech. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, as far as Ukraine goes, they're putting up these so-called left-wingers are putting up Ukrainian flags <laughs> and supporting a an abject dictatorship. Right. <laughs> with, you know, and they were fighting for our democracy. <laughs> so it's like, no, no, it's crazy. So, yeah, in Hollywood, unfortunately, that it is uh, in many cases that the executive class are afraid of their employees. And the employees. Guess, and it, that includes the theme park employees, but it's also it's all the way up and they will strike. They, they you know, they will stop working over social issues. They've made wow. that clear. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, James, uh, we we have to let you go now. Let me before final question for you, because you've just been so great. Where can people find you, read you, get your latest columns? Sure. Well, this column that we were talking about, about canceling Captain Kirk is up on Newsmax.com. And then I have my Twitter page at the Jim Jams and uh, my own website, which is James Herson, H-I-R-S-E-N. Uh, dot com. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. You've been very wonderful. Well, great it's my talk. pleasure. Thank you all for all you're doing, Chuck and Julie. Oh, thank you, James. All right, James Herson there, guys. Yeah, I saw that. And and as I said, I'm like, I have to have him on to talk about Captain Kirk. Um, You know, they're trying to cancel, which, how do you do that? I mean, it'd be like, I mean, he's such a, you're trying to get rid of all the James T. Kirk references in Star Trek. That'd be well, they bad. Got rid of Trotsky. They cut cut him out of all. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of good comments there. Um, let's see. We've got from Jacob. Norman Jaffe was a relative of mine, and I understand no one up, went up against Norman. Another relative from that side of the family was Martin Landau. You guys need to have like a a little party of people who have, I don't have any famous relatives. Twilight Zone's best episode was where the man went through time travels trying to stop World War II and warn Japan if the bar. Um, and then he says, Star Trek is supposed to be a comedy. It was a comedy in many ways. Um, Chunk's uncle, 25 episodes of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, another thing from Jacob I heard was that the Monopoly game was originally named the Landlord's Game and changed to Monopoly because of the anti-capitalism going on. Sandra, de- same as the Democrat Party. They destroy everything they touch. And Charlene says, seems like they're trying to destroy the free, the free market. Disney himself wrote how Hollywood tried to break him through labor reunion, uh, labor yeah. relations. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hold on to your copies of Gone with the Wind. Oops, I feel guilty for reading that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I will say, you know, I, I, again, I do think throughout history, people have seen and poked fun at the ruling class. And so I hopefully that will continue. I'm, I am encouraged when I look at the stuff that Rev's kids or that Rev's friends think it's funny so there's that but wanted to turn to something else now chuck and that's nikki haley um talk about somebody who's kind of funny talking about somebody who's kind of funny or fake or fraud or or propped up by by wokeism um it's interesting again they keep talking in new hampshire which is what that's next week right um Mm -hmm. and they're talking about nikki haley's polling even with trump I, i mean it's bizarre i'm glad you came in third by the way um in iowa uh, but when you look at who her supporters are, uh, more and more is coming out. I mean, they're Democrats. And Tucker Carlson did a great video where he relieved it's not just her supporters and it's not just kind of like some donors. Uh, you know, we played that soundbite the other day from 
that guy who was talking about, you know, Nikki, they were doing a big fundraiser and there was a lot of money coming in from Democrat donors, but it's Democrat mega donors. I mean, it's huge Democrat donors, um, which is astonishing to me until you think about, okay, well, from their point of view, this, this, you know, the Democrats, it's like, hey, if we can't get Joe Biden, we'll be happy with Nikki Haley, right? Exactly. So you're going to play a video here or... Well, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yes. I thought you wanted to say something. Never mind. Oh, it's not, when, um, so, yeah. So Tucker Carlson did a great thing where he analyzed this. So, Tom, if we could just please play the, t- uh, the Tucker on Nikki soundbite. Now, much of Haley's money comes not from Republicans or conservatives, but from committed Democratic partisans. Anti-civilization activist Reid Hoffman, for example, is a major Haley supporter. Reid Hoffman is the founder of LinkedIn. He's a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's. He was a visitor to Pedo Island, in fact. He's also the guy who funded E. Jean Carroll's sexual assault case against Donald Trump. Reid Hoffman is a Democratic mega donor. In 2020, he gave a million dollars to David Brock's American Bridge Pack. That's a group designed to physically harass Republican candidates. Hoffman's money has also helped to prop up the authoritarian governor of California, Gavin Newsom, as well as many others on approximately the same team. So you know exactly who he is. What's interesting is this cycle, Reid Hoffman is all in on Nikki Haley. His cash is paid for one of the most shameless propaganda operations in memory. So the very same people who told you four years ago that Joe Biden was a jovial, moderate grandfather is trying to return America to normal. Those same people are now trying to sell Nikki Haley as a conservative woman of principle. And one of the most enthusiastic peddlers of this absurdity is the neoliberal governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu. And I mean, he goes on to talk about that. It's like, what's Sununu? And, you know, and it is true. I mean, some or another, I think for a while, I think some of the Sea Island people like Ron DeSantis, but they seem to be falling off. But I don't know. Does Nikki Haley have the, the um, I imagine she would, the Sea Island, you know, the Anschutz people, all that, their support too, do you think? Or are they waiting to see what happens? No. Well, I mean, you know, the, the Sea Island people all went 100% under DeSantis, which gave him these huge uh, campaign treasury, but over the last five months, he's frittered it all away. So certainly some of them now say, well, you know, we've got to have a plan B, and some of them are undoubtedly going to Nikki Haley. I'm not yeah. sure all of them are because they've wasted a lot of money with Ron DeSantis, but, you know, the Sea Island people would just, would probably be more happy with with, with uh, Nikki Haley uh, than Ron DeSantis. I'm like, why did we think of that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got Jacob raising his hand. Hey, Jacob, go ahead. Oh, Jacob, you there? Um, if you want, hey, hey Jacob, uh, we'll keep talking, but just go ahead and um, interrupt. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and interrupt. So, yeah, um, sometimes I think people have a hard time unmuting themselves, particularly if they're on. I can't do it when I'm on the phone. Well, it, so it is, you see in a way that's why the media has always kind of hated Ron DeSantis but the left and by the media I just mean the usual suspect left-wing media right but they've always kind of pushed Nikki Haley right and they've never well, they've Nikki never Haley is much closer to there I mean Ron DeSantis initial reaction to Ukraine was that it's a European fair and then Ken Griffin one of those CIN billionaires quickly corrected him and he said <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> we've got to save democracy I forgot about that all and and he's got a lot of the Hard edges, but they thought, okay, but he's big on, he'll do our way on trade in China and everything else. 
and and we can get you know get people off of uh off of everything now we got another we, we got, got charlene. charlene i guess raising her hand All right hey charlene oh. jump on in here yeah i just want to say right quick that i watched newsmax coverage of the uh iowa caucus and they said that nikki's support in iowa was americans for prosperity boots yes. on the ground getting the vote out for her and uh, Democrats switching over to vote that that made up her nineteen uh, percent, right? That's that's who's behind her. So uh, I don't know. It seemed like y'all had a question whether or not you know the uh, Coke brothers were behind her or not. But even uh, uh, Trump is talking about it in in his press conference in New Hampshire that uh, you know Americans for Chinese prosperity. <laughs> 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 that, that, that they are. And I love how they say they've got this huge grassroots army. They have nobody. They have nobody in Colorado. What they have is they'll pay you 20 bucks an hour, and they don't care who you are, and, you know, they're willing to pay them to go out. Uh, but, yeah, it, I mean, it, there's, exactly. There's no, there are no people. There's no who, grass. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not there. Well, and you know, and Charlene, that's what I was reading that about Iowa too, where they were having they they were I think probably paying activists to show up to you because in Iowa, and we'll talk about open primaries here in a second. You could just change your affiliation there, and they were changing their affilia, affiliation yes. and, and v- voting for Nikki. And it kind of concerns me because they still weren't able to even carry it, you know, across right, and they were second. running out of forms to change from. Democrat to Republican the same day so they could vote in the caucus that night. Right. Some of these precincts didn't have enough forms for them. So that's a good thing. It is a good thing. But you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be upping that though, right? They're like, okay, we got to get more forms, more people, more, because I know in New Hampshire, they've been saying for a while now um, for, for Democrats to go vote for Nikki Haley. Yeah, exactly. And so, and you're right. They don't have that many people uh, in Americans for Prosperity, but they just contract people that don't even know what they believe in to, you know, go door to door and boots on the ground. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's all I got. Okay, thanks. Okay, thank you. Good point. Well, and here's the thing. Tucker Carlson goes a little bit more on it, and he he just, he flat out says, and I think he's absolutely right, um, that, you know, they don't right now have an alternative to Biden, um, but they, oh, wait, we got Jacob again giving it a try. Hey, Jacob, before you for the next soundbite. Give it another shot. Go okay, ahead. so I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there, but what happened was last night on Jesse Kelly's hit TV show, which comes up after his radio show, Making Kelly got on, and they were both discussing that Trump may have to take uh, uh, what's her face um, from South Carolina. <laughs> my my brain. Oh, um, uh, um, Nikki because- Haley. Yeah, oh. he's going to have to. But she said something interesting. Megan Kelly said something interesting. He goes, if he picks, if he picks uh, Nikki Haley, he may get the votes out of New York. Hmm. That's how much. That's how important she is to him. I just don't see. It. I mean, Donald Trump spent, you know, has spent the past what eight years being betrayed by everybody around him. I just have a hard time seeing him openly bring a snake like Nikki Haley into his campaign. Um, a target on his back. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. If if the independents and some of the dem- hardcore Democrats will vote for her over Biden because they're sick of Biden, it may be worth it. 
I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what the real problem is. They're not going to. They're, I you kind know. of think, Jacob, and maybe you're right. I mean, when you do the math, it may work out. But I also think that's kind of a psyop, right, where they're trying to get all of us to be like, okay, well, we hate Nikki Haley, but she's going to help get Trump elected. And then, I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I'd be surprised if Trump did that just because he knows. Um, and I think it would be a mistake. I think that there are enough people. Well, Tucker Carlson says he won't vote for Trump if he takes Nikki Haley as VP. Yeah, it could yeah. be. It could be what's her name, Noam from. Uh, yeah, from, you got Sarah Huckabee uh, Sanders. Uh, Carrie Lindowski on the side, yes. and so everybody's going. Oh, that's a bad. Oh, Chuck, Chuck, hey, Jacob. Thank you. Gotta go. Thank you for that. Well, Thanks, that's Jacob. And, and again, you know, I think we got to again. Nikki Haley, I think, is a psyop for that the the media is pushing on us. Um, and uh, you know, I think Donald Trump Jr. shot that down pretty fast, saying there's there's no way on earth that you know right. my my dad is going to have Nikki Haley. But Tucker Carlson again lays out that Nikki Haley is the Democrats' plan. Um, Thomas, if we could please play that soundbite. Hampshire has an open primary system, and that means that non-Republicans get to help choose the Republican nominee. Next week, estimates suggest that 40%, maybe more, of all primary voters in the Republican primary will not be Republicans. So who will they be? Well, they'll be liberals, like this one. Yeah, I'm still undecided on She went on in, in that video to explain that the issues that she cares most about in the world are, quote, climate and transgenderism. So that's where she is politically. And if Nikki Haley wins the primary next week, it will be because of people like the woman you just saw. They are the real Nikki Haley voters. Now, if Nikki Haley wins or even does very well in New Hampshire, it'll be a big story, of course, and we'll hear a lot about it. But then what happens it's a long primary process. New Hampshire is just one small, heavily wooded state out of 50. Will Republicans in other states back Nikki Haley too? Will she win a string of these? Well, they're not going to vote for her voluntarily. Haley can only become the Republican nominee if Republican primary voters have no one else to vote for. So the plan works like this. Ron DeSantis drops out after losing a few contests in a row. He simply runs out of money and has to head back to Florida. That could happen. And at that point, liberal donors swing as a block behind Nikki Haley, giving her bottomless resources. That's already happening right now. And then critically, Donald Trump goes to jail. And that could happen, too, to be honest. And at that point, bam, Nikki Haley wins the Republican nomination by default. Now, it's not a foolproof plan. A lot could go wrong. But at this point, it's the only plan. It's all that Democrats have. See, and I think I think. What do you think, Chuck, about that? I think that's right. I think that's 100% right. And it is a fool. I mean, you know, there, there are things that could go wrong. And I think there are a lot of people, Nikki Haley among them, that hope that Trump could be taken out some way. Um, and I think, again, they're going to, the media is going to be shoving her down Republicans' throat, saying, well, you know, Trump has problems. But I think now I'm going to play 
Oh, poor Sandra's like, oh, but let me read this too. Um, Leo says, if he picks Haley, I'll be, I will freaking vote for Biden. <laughs> exactly. Charlene says, exactly, Julia, to Syap. Dens don't vote for Trump, but won't vote for Trump, Trump at the top of the ticket. And then Sandra, what a sad state of affairs this country is going through. It is, Sandra, but take heart. You've got us. We've got all of us, right? We've got all of you guys too. Um, Charlene, Ramaswamy could unsuspend his campaign. I don't think he's going to. I think Ramaswamy intelligently realized that this is Donald Trump's 2024 year, right? Right, And that he could either, you know, cut off all future political hopes like Ron DeSantis has done, or he can step back and kind of ride the MAGA wave um, behind Donald Trump. Well, he was in New Hampshire yesterday campaigning with Donald Trump. So, you know, where, where where he thinks his butter is, or his bread is buttered. Right. Well, and here's the reason too why I think it's a psyop, and and I think that it won't it won't work. I mean, like Tucker said, it's a plan, but it's not a very good plan. And Newt Gingrich talked about this the other day on TV, where he kind of explains again the fact that so many of these people don't understand why Trump is so popular. They keep, you know, they just they just don't get it. So if we could please play the Newt soundbite. Trump is not a candidate. Trump is the leader of a nationwide movement to take power back from the establishment. And that's why every time he's attacked by the judiciary, every time he's attacked by by the news media, he gets stronger because people go, yep, that's what I thought. That's exactly what those corrupt people will do. Uh, And of course, starting with the Russian hoax, it's just clear these people lie all the time. And I think, Chuck, that that's important, too, when you take into account then Nikki Haley. I think that Nikki Haley is part of the corrupt establishment, and that's a corrupt establishment that's promoting her. Um, And so the people who think that, oh, somehow Republicans, I was reading a thing where it was some Denver commentator was again saying that, you know, there's there way more. Oh, no, it was that idiot Jenna Ellis was tweeting that there are a lot more never Trumpers than people realize. It's like, no, you and like two others. Right. You know, it's it's like, no, Jenna Ellis and all you other idiots out there. There are a lot more MAGA people than you guys realize. And and it is exactly, don't you think, because of what Newt Gingrich said. It's not that Trump is the cult and the candidate. It's that Trump is the leader of the movement and everybody supports the movement. And, and Trump is the leader, right? Well, you know, as we've talked about before, they always want to say, well, he's a cult figure. It's a cult. Um, it's just the opposite of that. Uh, if Trump varies from what the, the movement believes in its best interest, they'll turn on him and have. When he got up for a speech and said, okay, everybody, uh, get get your jab, everybody booed him. And he went, whoa. Right. He doesn't talk about that anymore. Hey, okay, that's the last <laughs> time I'm going to say that one again. Right, exactly. And so I think Nikki Haley is the antithesis of the movement. And I think yes. that 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 their thought that maybe independents will vote for her. And I mean, and here's the thing. So that woman who was interviewed there, she was at a Nikki Haley rally, right? She was a Democrat there, and she's clearly a plant, right? It's her job to say, I don't really like Biden, but I kind of like Nikki. Now, I guarantee you, if her most important things are climate change and transgenderism, she's not voting for a Republican, no matter who's on the ticket, right? But it's all part of the psyop to kind of make Nikki Haley, and I guess they hope that people will be like, 
Well, we don't care if Trump goes to jail because thank God, at least we've got Nikki Haley. But I just don't think it's going to work. And, you know, again, as Tucker said, you've got jail and you've got all of that. Now, maybe that's Nikki Haley's thing, too. Right. Trump will be in jail. So everyone will be forced to turn to her or if she for some bizarre reason to turn to her because she doesn't represent any part of the movement. Um, And so all she represents are the big donors, the big media and and the rest of them. So it's it's nobody wants Nikki Haley other than the people who are not the voters. Right. Well, and it's it's scary once again, back to, you know, the open primary, which you guys in the Colorado Republican Party are still fighting. It is alarming when you think, I mean, and we've been talking about this, Chuck, you've been talking about this for years, that the Democrats meddle in the open primary. That's why they want an open primary so they can meddle in it. When Tucker Carlson is saying it's estimated that 40% of the people voting in the New Hampshire Republican primary are going to be Democrats. I mean, that's alarming, right? No, no, they're not going to be Republicans because a lot of them are. They're not going to be Republicans. But I mean, that's, I mean, election, it's, it's, it's legal, but I mean, that's election interference at at Mm. its most basic level, right? Where you go in there and you use your numbers to try to get a candidate that you want because you don't want the other candidate uh, yeah i mean well you can remember karen kathleen who i just spoke to today oh. had, had their whole thing where let's go to the democratic primary and vote and we did we we unaffiliated un unvoted for republicans and voted in the uh democratic primary uh for what we thought whoever was the worst candidate and they had lots of terrible ones Right. And they screamed about us talking about that. Right. Yes, they yes, screamed about, yes. oh, it's terrible. You could never do this. You could never do this. What a difference a few years makes. Now they're right. openly hiring people to go do that. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard to carry off in all of the states. She may come close or closer in New Hampshire, but I think they're still not going to be able to convince most Republicans, you know, the numbers that they need to vote for Nikki Haley. So, um, no, she's become such an unattractive uh, person. I mean, you know, John McCain never lost his attractiveness until he got the nomination when the left turned on him. But Nikki Haley has, you know, as much as all the king's horses and all the king's men try to boost her up, it's not working. No, it's no, not uh, working. No, well, the only couple we know are friends over at a club we belong to, but uh, you know, I don't but, know. But they're kind else. of Democrats anyway. So, well, um, come on, Julie. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, that'll wrap it up for us today. I want to thank James Herson, the great guys at BBS, all of you guys on Zoom and everybody who listens to our shows on Rumble and um, through Podbean and the podcast. On Friday, we're going to have, Chuck, you'll love this. Lord Conrad Black is writing A History of the World. This is part one. This is going to be great. I don't know if people know who. Lord Conrad Black is from Canada, but man, he's going to be really interesting. It's really. going to be really interesting. And then on Monday, we're going to have Robert Spencer on to talk about those German farmers that we were talking about earlier. So, so be sure to get get uh, Conrad Black's book on your Kindle. So when I get home, I can read it. All right. All right. Hey, everybody, that'll wrap it up for us on this Wednesday. Have a great day. Take and care, we'll, everybody. We'll see you on Party Friday. Nothing better.